Hey, Mike Swenson here with Real Freedom, and we have a very special guest today. Um, actually, somebody who isn't in real estate full time. Um, this is not their day job. So we're excited to have Tri Vu on, and Tri's going to talk to us about investing that he's done on the side. He's had uh, experience with Airbnb, and he also has some rentals that he has in different states across the United States. And like I said, this isn't his day job. And so want to just encourage folks that are that are in real estate full time. Hey, if if somebody that's outside of real estate can do it, you can too. And uh, you know, I hope that this story just inspires you to take some take some steps forward and figure out how do you get started in the investing side. And so for for try that was through Airbnb. So uh, welcome, try. If you want to just give us a little bit of a background about you and how you kind of got started into the the Airbnb world, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Um, so yeah, I've been doing IT for roughly twenty years. Um, I'm 40 now, and uh, I started doing uh, real estate investment in Airbnbs three about three years ago, and um, it all started basically because I was doing IT, and I was on the individual con contributor side. Uh, I didn't go into management, and it was something I always wanted to do, but I just never did. I just liked the, the tech stuff, and I was given an opportunity um, when times were really rough with the company, a lot of issues. And, uh, and then, you know, I went to management and it was just a tough transition for me, right? Uh, with all the issues and the hours. And um, after a while, uh, those long days just added up and we, me and my wife, we, I knew I, I needed a, a plan B just in case this didn't work out. And um so that was one, right? Like I knew I needed a plan B. And then what uh, what started it was when um, November came up in 2017, uh, they had this National Novel Writing Month. And um, it basically challenged you to write a book in, in 30 days. And what I did was a little spinoff where I was kind of doing what you were doing, which is interviewing other people, get their stories, tools, and tactics. Um, and I only knew IT folks. Uh, I knew a lot of directors and IT guys and, and, um, and senior positions and VPs. And um, after talking with them, I there was a common theme. They all had real estate on the side. Some guys I had no idea. I, I thought I just knew them as you know work and colleagues. And um, some of them had nine. Like I remember this one guy. He said he had like nine properties, and his goal was just to keep on buying. And whenever he's ready to retire, he just sells off half, pays off the other half. And um, it just kind of stuck with me. And after that, I just HELOC'd my house. Um, I had a property in California. I pulled out the money. It took some time, but while I was waiting, I went to meetups and I met um, some great realtors and um, other investors. And it just got me hyped up. Like I was super hyped up. I, I met, um, I, I knew a guy was doing Airbnb and uh, I met some other property managers doing these meetups. And uh, they were just super nice folks that were like, yeah, I'll show you everything. And um, we started checking out properties. Um, it took about three months and we closed on a property uh, in March. And the property manager just helped me with everything, set it up. Uh, my wife helped design it. She loves decorating. So that was pretty fun for her. Um, and we got it up and running in a couple of weeks and, uh, she, you know, the, the property manager set up the, the site and we just went from there. Mm -hmm. um, now, so, so for, for those that don't know, uh, you live in the San Diego area. 
And so then your your first property was in San Diego, right? And so this is when you decided to do an Airbnb. So, um, you know, lesson one, uh, A, live in San Diego because it's it's a great place to live. But B, if you're if you're starting out with an Airbnb, pick a spot where people want to go, right? And for them, it was it was San Diego. So talk about the strategy of of selecting that location. Like what what was it that helped you decide to jump in with that that specific location? You had a few parameters of kind of what you were looking for, right? Oh yeah, great question. That was a great question. So um, I lived probably about twenty five minutes north of downtown and super sub suburbs, right? Kids running down the street. There's not a big nightlife restaurant. No big schools out here. Um, and the the advice I was I got was it needs to be around downtown by the airport, um, by the park, by SeaWorld, um, the zoo, all the hot spots, 10 minutes for the beaches, 10, 15 minutes, um, have public transportation close by. And that was it. And I found something by uh, our local university, uh, San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it, it wasn't technically a single family home, but it had a detached garage that, that someone converted into another two one. So it was like mm-hmm. a duplex that was unpermitted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't appraise for a duplex because he didn't get it permitted. So I got a little value add uh, yep. off the bat uh, getting into that. Mm-hmm. So then you chose to to partner with Airbnb on that. So you you said your wife, you know, did all the work and and fixed it up and added all the nice touches that people like to see on photos. And then essentially it's it's kind of plug and play, right? Like you have a uh, somebody that helps manage the occupancy with that. Um, once it's up and running, your your time is really very small, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was fun. Um, it was super fun setting it up, um, finding the mattresses. Like you know, I, I just care about the mattresses, but my wife was like, "All right, we need like I don't know, thousands thread sheets," and uh, she was all about the decor, and she loved calligraphy and brush lettering, and um, she wanted to set it apart from other ones. From other Airbnbs, so she uh, hired muralists uh, and painters to come by from um, from San Diego, and they painted the walls with like something inspirational or something pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had like I don't know, four or five murals, one in each room, the big room. Uh, so it was really super fun for her, and she loved that 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 new gray white marble look. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not the whole house was painted that color. So we got to do a little bit of touch up painting. Uh, to set it up and um, doing one of the meetups, the property manager said, Hey, hello, I'm over here. I think I can help you out. She ordered our, our conversation and then she jumped in there and she's been super useful. She was like, yeah, you need a coffee maker. Yeah. You need the utensils. You need this. And she was just, I, you know, it was like another wife. She just told me what to do. And I just did it. Mm-hmm. And her and my, my wife just partnered up and made this beautiful place. And um, you know, we bought the supplies, drop shipped it. And um other than that, like just doing supply runs, uh, our property manager sets up, like you said, um, you know, with the pricing, with the occupancy, screening the tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's not much overhead, to be honest, mm-hmm. other than, you know, the occasional calls being a landlord, like, hey, this this guy didn't check out on time or, hey, the door's not, you know, working or the laundry machine's busted. So you just call the handyman or um, yeah, usually you use a handyman for everything. We haven't had any major uh, issue so far. So, mm-hmm. and then even too, like you said, in terms of setting prices, you know, when San Diego, you know, obviously it's a, a desirable place when Comic Con comes through. Uh, you know, you said Twitter has a convention or other stuff like that. Um, they automatically adjust the price for you. So, 
um, supply and demand, you can you can net more money during those peak times. And then also if it's during the lower times, the prices change, right? So there's a, a software that you've taken advantage of that does that for you. So you don't even have to manually go in and say, you know, hey, Comic-Con's coming up. We need to bump up the prices. It just happens automatically, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of softwares out there. Um, so when auto sets the pricing for you, it knows about all the events and the hotspots and stuff. So yeah, and then um, they all also have other plugins to to um, to do the uh, automated check-ins for you. So when someone books, it just sends them a little message. Hey, thanks for um, thanks for booking with us. We love to host you. You know, here's here's the manual. Here's the Wi-Fi. Um, here's how you where you should park. So it's been super useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, automation software, property managers that do the customer service. Uh, it makes things pretty uh, hands off. Mm-hmm. And because of because you had a desirable location, <clears throat> you had uh, you know nice features to it. Um, it pretty quickly took off for you. It's not like there's a there's a long lag time. Like you get it up and running, and pretty much it's turnkey, and and people are plugging in, and you're able to net money quickly. Yeah, yeah. People, um, there's different ways to do things like. These those are flippers where they buy like distressed properties and then they get at a good deal and then they renovate it and then they have a ton of equity and they can pull it out and redo and recycle. I didn't know any of that stuff, right? I just got some, I was looking for super, something turnkey uh, within my HELOC budget and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I didn't have to do much coming into it and we did the numbers and I'm sure I could have done better, you know, in hindsight, but I loved it. You know, we got up and running, you know, I got that checkbox that I have passive money coming in and um, you know, something my wife like aesthetically um, loved, you know, setting up. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she, you know, like when you're in high school and elementary, you did all the art stuff, you know, and then once you get to college, you may not take art classes and, you know, your passion kind of uh, dries out because of, of life and kids and work and mortgages. And um, she always loved art, but um you know, 20 years later, we kind of forgot about our passions and hobbies. And this was another way for her to be creative and express herself. So it was a, a great opportunity for, for both of us, for, for me to give her that opportunity and her just to like take control. I remember she, she would tell me often too, like, try, thanks for letting me um, decorate this place. Cause like, what if she wanted, I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't care. Go for it. <laughs> that looks nice. Like go, you know, do it. And uh, she had a great time enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, uh, so you get that one up and running, <clears throat> and how quickly is it before you start looking at your second place? Um, so what I did was with my HELOC, I only used half of it. I, I got the lowest down payment option, which was like a fifteen percent down arm, and then I still had money left. Um, and after a couple months, we you know we literally just dropped off supplies, but we weren't in engagement. We had a property manager doing it. I was like, let's do it again, and uh, we found a four bedroom place um, down the street. And, um, yeah, we set it up literally the next day it was online. Like it went from like three, four weeks to like next day online. We had a, a guest come in and it was so cool. We, we met him up. It was like, um, uh, this kid coming in town. Um, he didn't even have a car. He just wanted to check out uh, the beaches here. So he, he, he airport over here and then Ubered to the house and, uh, you know, just stayed with us. Like we, we didn't know about, um, didn't expect they turn off the water heater like they you know turn it on and off so there was no pilot light lit so there was no hot water we didn't know that like yeah. we didn't know this that stuff so when he stayed he gave us a great review but he didn't even have hot water <laughs> <laughs> he still gave you a great review without hot water 
Yeah, but you know, it, it was an opportunity to meet people. So, mm-hmm. um, going back, like, like when you, when you have tough times, you go back to your to to your why. And I remember a couple of years back, you know, we would do Airbnbs in Europe, and we would meet other folks. Right, we all stayed in bedrooms so we could meet other guys. I remember one time in London, um, we stayed in a bedroom, like a four or five bedroom house. We didn't know it. We would just booked a room. But there was a, a black dude, a white dude, uh, a Middle Eastern dude. You know, we're Asian. Right? We're all there in the kitchen just talking about stuff. And I was like, I love this experience, just sharing your adventures and stories. Like, But I can't travel all the time. I have a nine to five. I have kids. Um, how can I give back to, to San Diego and share my city with others? Mm-hmm. And this was a way. And then, we, you know, when that guy came, the first guest there, that second house, and we had that great conversation with them um it just felt really good like you know this is this is why we're doing not just for the money which is important um you know building the equity and someone else is paying it down but you're having funny fun uh, along the way you know just meeting people and sharing stories mm-hmm. yeah and i really love that where you know i think <clears throat> obviously people get into airbnb for the money but but that's cool that's like a a side thing that you necessarily didn't plan for and yet it was a it was a welcome surprise to your life gain some more depth as a result of doing that because you mentioned so you know you might pop by and meet guests um you know you might you might not but you get a chance to kind of experience their travels and experience their life and visiting san diego and like you said share your city with them um that's something that that doesn't show up on the balance sheet at all um and yet it's 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 adding a depth to your life that you didn't have before yeah yeah exactly like the more interesting characters we met like a videographer from LA down here for the weekend doing a shoot. Um, a couple of musicians, we met uh, a French basketball coach that would help uh, prospects uh, in the area. So he's traveling internationally over here. Um, you know, just really interesting. We met two army kids that just graduated from the army that were trying to hustle with their protein muscle fitness uh, business. Uh, so you just have great, great stories with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get to provide that. I mean, obviously there's lots of places they could stay in San Diego, but cool that, that you get to provide that opportunity for them to to do what they want to do in San Diego as a result of staying in your place. And yeah. So. Yeah. I love my city. Um, I, I love giving them reviews. Like I, the food scene here is awesome. The, the parks, the beaches is awesome. Like the, we have like farmer's market on the weekend. So on Sundays, you know, we'll randomly text them, Hey, you know, Hillcrest is, today or little illities uh farmer's market day if you happen to be up you know you may want to check them out mm-hmm. or there's a festival today here and there you know check this out um and then every blue moon you know we'll check out sun- sunsets and we'll text them as well hey sunsets look great today you know, the past few days you may want to go to the, the beach at like six or seven or whatever sunset is mm-hmm. so just just sharing that just makes you feel good like mm-hmm. you're giving back and it's so rewarding yeah yeah Great. So, okay. So you got, <clears throat> you got Airbnb one up, you got Airbnb two up. Um, what, what was next on your, your line here of, of investments? Um, so after those Airbnbs were up, um, we kept on looking, but we kind of ran out of money, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, our, our nine to five job we save, but we don't save us that fast, right? Like a, the equity play is from the HELOC. Um, and then, we found a couple of turnkey service providers uh, in other states. So basically, uh, these are flippers that renovate it. They buy the property. They actually find the tenants for you, and then you you buy the house with the tenant, and they property manage it for you. Kind of, kind of a similar uh, scenario where you're pretty hands off. 
Um, and we, we started doing research in different markets. Um, I liked uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and Florida. Um, some of these markets were just still pricey. Like Texas is pricey, Florida is pricey. But Mississippi, mm-hmm. um, that was a good little entry, like segue into in, getting into this remote um, real estate investing. And mm-hmm. yeah, we picked up a property for 80K. Mm-hmm. Like super cheap, 80K. The mortgage was like 300 something bucks. And mm-hmm. then with a couple of overhead reserves, it was like 400 something, but the rent was like 800 bucks. So I was like, cool. Um, and then we picked up another one in Chicago, did the same thing. It, it wasn't that much more, um, pretty hands-off. We just kind of, uh, went with the advisor and they told us all the, all the stats and, you know, we got the inspection reports and uh, we talked to the property managers, got, got referrals to check them out and kind of vetted out. And it was like another good deal. And, did that as well um so that was last year uh with those two properties and then this property this year we we wanted to expand to multi-families and um you know we have family in phoenix so we picked up a, a duplex the first duplex in phoenix um it's a little bit more work i mean we found a property manager we didn't find a we didn't know of a turnkey provider mm-hmm. so we found the property manager and we had to hire contractors to help us out and stuff but um the property manager you know they they're awesome out there they pretty much help you out with everything and they had their own contracting services as well so you know just conversations and follow-ups just the normal but um yeah we you know that one was up and running in a couple months um and then and the the equity play is so amazing in california like we were able to heloc our house again mm-hmm. and then um we start refining like everybody knows like the rates are crazy Yep. crazy low right now so we start refining everything with the new heloc buying down uh jumbo loans to um to conforming loans and they give us a better interest rate better monthly payments um and we also picked up a couple properties um we picked up a condo right by balboa um mm-hmm. cash flow is not much but um great great little area um this is where my wife uh is helping out with the, the renovations again putting her colors in and her her like the bathroom was kind of kind of unique it had like um what do you call those those mirrors or those windows from churches stained glass oh yeah like stained, yep. yeah so it was kind of eclectic um but uh we got a good deal on that that the whoever listed it didn't list that it had a balcony view of downtown with you know some ocean uh, ocean view and like this is amazing at this price so we, we got in and um, we're working on that right now. My, my wife's uh, working with the contractors, putting her uh, design touches in. Um, and then we picked up one more property where we just went into escrow last week for um, one in Baltimore. So another turnkey service provider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not too scared because um, a lot of these are uh, uh, Section 8 housing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the government kind of guarantees these, you know, so all the stuff with COVID hit. Um, I wasn't too worried because I knew the government was backing it up and, you know, paying the bulk of the bill. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah so that's, so that's where I'm at right now. And so then just to clarify, I mean, I'm, I'm sure obviously the the listeners understand, like you, you never went to go visit any of those other properties. You're really leveraging the relationship of a, of a, a reputable turnkey company and the reputation of a great property manager, right? That's you're, you're kind of putting your faith and your eggs in that basket. Um, yeah. So talk about kind of that risk. Like obviously there's the the numbers on paper, but when you look at that, you know, what what f- maybe fears or concerns did you have, for instance, buying in Mississippi sight unseen 
And then how did you kind of decide like, okay, yeah, I, I check that box of risk, check that box of risk. Now I'm ready to jump in. And, and I don't know between you and your wife, wife, like who's more risk averse, who's not. Um, but just kind of curious to know how that dynamic work when you, you, you pick a site on scene, um, walk yeah. through that process of how you get over, like, yeah, I'm going to make the leap and, and we're going to jump in and it's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good question. I, I'm super conservative. I mean, I had kids when I was young and we were just a 401k type of investors, right? We just stuck money in, maximize 401k, didn't do anything else and just um, waited till we were like 60. That was kind of the game plan. Mm -hmm. And um, after just working a lot of hours with that job, I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it to 60. Um, and then with these turnkey service provider, um, they came with a lot of uh, references. Like, hey, do you want to talk to someone else? Find it? Yeah, sure. Here you go. And then we have good, good conversations. Like they're, you know, they shared all their information. These other investors, like, yeah, I like them. They move fast. Hey, they kind of move slow. We went through a couple of different markets and uh, I went to escrow a couple of times, but some worked out some, um, but a couple before that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know about, you know, the water heater wasn't, you know, brand new or the roof was, you know, 12 years old or, or whatever it was. And uh, like, Hey, try, you may want to look at this other city has better turnkey providers um, that that you won't have to replace anything in, in the next two three years at all. And mm -hmm. um, so that that was two things that helped us out, right? The reference points of other investors buying with them, and then um, you know the advisory um, consultation from the, the the turnkey provider really helped out. And then um, as far as picking a house, like I wanted to get my family involved, and I was you know they had a bunch of houses, and then the pro forma. Uh, information. I just told my son just to pick something. He's like, yeah, this looks good. It's two bedroom, but that's three. You probably want a three bedroom. It was super fun for him. And they're all 80K. So, I, mm -hmm. you know, in Mississippi. So it was, it was kind of fun letting him pick it. But, you know, I could have done more due diligence checking the stats and the specs in the house. But um, I just really wanted to get moving. I was so conservative my whole life. And, mm -hmm. you know, having that, um, I guess you call it midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to take more risk. Like I need to be worried about not taking enough risk, which was what, 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 what I was thinking. I need to take more action. Like I'm tired of being on the sidelines, you know, for 20 years worrying about retirement and making it to retirement. Like I got to be more active. So even though you say it's passive, like on the back end, it's passive after you get it, but you're super active on the front end, getting it, taking action. Cause not a lot of people, like people talk about it and they give you advice, but you know, what does their portfolio look like? Right. Are they doing anything? And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't want to be those guys like, you know, those Debbie Downers were like, yeah, you shouldn't do this because of that. That could go wrong. You know, what about this? What about tenants? What about Section 8? I was like, you got it. You got homeowner's insurance for the Section 8. And you got uh, the 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 property managers that you vented out and talked to who have been in business for like 5, 10 years, 20 years with like, you know, mm -hmm. like 200 doors. Mm -hmm. So you do your checks and balances and there is a leap of faith, but mitigate all the risks by, you know, doing your due diligence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the reality is, you know, if, if you take a look at, you know, kind of the, what's the worst case scenario, what's the best case scenario, you know, the worst case scenario is something doesn't work out and you can sell it. Um, you know, a lot of times, it, you know, think about like a stock, like people talk about a stock going down, but yeah, stock can go down, but it's not going to go to zero, right? You know, you, you buy a house um, maybe you lost some money on it, but it's never going to go to zero. So if you had to resell it, you'd recoup most of your costs. There might be a short-term loss, 
Um, but you're going to take that lesson and apply it forward. You know, that's just going to be essentially an education expense. You know, if, if let's say you lost five grand on a property, it's you learn and now you apply that going forward. So the next one, you know, instead of making 20K, you can make 25K because you're smarter about it. And so I love what you said about just taking action, right? Like you're, you're going to learn as you go, you're going to get better as you go. And you're going to understand those nuances. You're going to understand the numbers better on your fifth deal or your 10th deal than you do on your first deal, but you, you can't get to the 10th one until you start. And so, yeah. so now you're, you're getting close. You have hit, or you're going to hit the 10 number by the end of the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was going to sit tight and just kind of wait for the market to settle down and all this, but um, I kind of went the opposite, right? Like I only bought two houses first year, two houses last year. And this year I doubled that and got four houses. And, um, we'll see how it goes, but I think I'm, I, I got to capitalize on the opportunities mm-hmm. and, you know, like maybe you only have 80% of the information or, or 75%. Well, that maybe that's good enough, right? Like, you know, you, you can't wait until everything's perfect. And that was the, the thought process I had going through it. Like if you had if you're 80% positive that this is going to work out and you mitigate all the risks that you know of, just move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been able to diversify uh, your portfolio now a little bit too. So if, you know, something happens, you know, in, in one city, uh, it may affect other cities as, you know, a, kind of maybe a mass real estate market shift happens, uh, but, but there might be different times. So, you know, something happens in Mississippi, let's say the, the market doesn't grow as fast, or let's say it goes down, that's not going to affect your other investments. And so if you put all your eggs in the San Diego basket, and, you know, I can't imagine something major happening anytime soon. And yet, if you had all your eggs in the one basket, um, it's different than now if you've got them spread across. So you've now in in pretty short time have a, a nice diverse portfolio spread across the United States in a few different buckets. And, you know, the opportunity now is is a lot greater for you. Now it's, it's more money that's getting paid off more quickly. You can take that equity and turn it into additional investments in the future. Yeah, that's exactly right. I didn't really plan it. I was just stumbling forward. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm doing the equity play in San Diego, but the other uh, markets, they cash flow a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So then as you, as you think about where you're at today, what does the future look like for you? Um, I want to get into commercial, like looking at shopping strips and offices, industrial places. Um, I think next year, that's probably where I'm going to try to move into. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. what's your plan? How are, how are you thinking about, like, obviously there's a learning curve. So what, yeah. what do you need to learn? Who do you need to talk to, to kind of check those boxes to where you feel comfortable jumping in on a deal in commercial? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good question. So um, what I've done so far was I was looking at those two to four units just because you could get the, the residential loans on them. But people were saying, why don't you look at something bigger like the 16 units and 32 units. And I looked at a few deals and I had to do the legwork and talk to lenders about how the financing works. And it's, it's totally different. They look at cap rates, NOIs, and um, I didn't know any of this stuff before. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I had to ramp up on that. And then the shopping strips, um, same thing. I'm just stumbling forward. Like, all right, let me look at this deal. And they're talking about like triple net leases. I'm like, let me, you know, Googling away. And um, I think just reaching out to people like, they may think you're dumb, but so, so who, who cares, right? Who cares if you're, you're still learning? Um, it's okay to fail, like fail, fail often, fail fast and move forward. 
it's kind of my model and mm -hmm. and that's the way i'm going to approach it like look at a deal do your research you don't know something look it up um and then just keep on making connections like i met you through um you know a, a friend and mm -hmm. I, I think you just put your energy out there and and you try to help others and you, you just have that learning mentality and mm -hmm. things will just happen right you just have that positive energy and you attract other positive people mm -hmm. um and that's that's kind of how i'm gonna uh tackle this mm -hmm. yeah yeah and if we take a step back now and we look okay you know three years ago you were in the spot where it's like what do i do where do i go um how do i kind of start to build this additional nest egg and now you've been able to to put some some money in and now you've got a, a relatively solid passive income coming in and so you know, it, it helps with the choice in the future, right? Like you, you know, we talk about building wealth to, to achieve financial freedom, but also time freedom. And so you could decide down the road, um, you know, I, I'm going to jump in full time in real estate, you could continue with your current company, um, you could you could shift, you know, you could do contract work, or whatever. So what it does is it opens up options to where you now have a choice, or you have more choices of what you can do versus feeling like this is what I have to do. And so um, for those people listening that aren't in real estate, you know, if, if, if you're working your day job and you can, you can put this together on nights and weekends, um, there's certainly, you know, lots of folks that can do what you do. The, the key is, is jump in, um, research, I should say first research, research, you know, be willing to take a risk, but then ultimately you got to jump in to get started. And, and so um, what an inspiration for you are to others to be able to do that on the side. Um, and continue to grow. And, and yeah, I'm excited about your future and excited about where this can go for you. Um, in just a short time, you've made, made such a large headway, which is great. Yeah. I appreciate it. Those are very kind words. Um, yeah. And, and it's okay not to have like a big plan. Like, you know, I didn't have a plan on owning 10 places. I just had a plan of doing one house, one at a time, one step, step forward and mm -hmm. looking for, um, people I could lean on like my realtor, and my property manager and then these uh, advisors with these turnkeys and then me meeting people like you and listen to your mm -hmm. other podcasts that just inspire me. And uh, yeah, so I'm help, help you, happy to give back in any way I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share? Any other advice um, that you have? Any lessons that you've learned here? Um, any words of wisdom to give people that haven't started yet? Yeah, get started. I mean, you, you have so many financing options. Right, you could do five uh, percent down conventional loans to in house hack. You could go with the turnkey service providers. Um, so yeah, start going to these meetups, listen to all these podcasts, um, and just don't stop. You got to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, for those of you that are are listening or watching, and you're inspired by by Try Story, and you want to, um, you know, maybe get in touch or maybe learn more. Um, feel free to reach out to me and I'd be happy to connect you with him. Um, you know, like, like you said, you're always looking to network, always willing to, to grow with people. So if you're in the San Diego area or you want to learn more about, you know, turnkey options, things like that, feel free to reach out to me and I'd be happy to put you in touch with Try and uh, continue the conversation. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, have a great day. Awesome. Thanks, guys.